interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Vent Line, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This Pass is underneath Patterson, the former Viking. Left alone, and they're using Cordero Patterson all over the field, and he's good for 25. So second and goal, handoff is to Devlin for the touchdown. His second of the year. Shut out so far. Brady throws, has Patterson. A bobble and a catch and a salute from Cordero Patterson. Here's one down the field for Robinson. Batted and picked off by Deron Harmon. His Devlin gets another. His second of the game. And the Patriots open it up here in the fourth quarter. Up by two scores. All right, Vikings fans, there's good news. Yes, you lost to the Patriots 24-10. to Yes, your team right now resides in the seventh spot in the NFC playoff picture, which means if the playoffs were to start today, which thank God for your sake and our sake they don't, you're out of the playoffs. But Mike McCarthy was fired and the Packers lost to the Cardinals. So that's the good news. They are far worse. The Vikings do suffer a disappointing loss today. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255 in the uh, metropolitan area. This is Vikings Ventline. 877-615-1500. Zolgad, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison producing. Uh, Ross helping out as well as we uh, stream this thing. We will get to the phone calls. Mike Chancy, you guys will get to you in uh, one second here because you are the stars of the show. But Manny, first... Uh, your thoughts on the uh, the fact that the Vikings still have not beaten a team in 2018 with a winning record. And I think they are an offer uh, at Gillette Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. The last time they beat the Patriots at all, I think, was in uh, the old Foxborough Stadium in 2000. Mm-hmm. I think it was Belichick's first year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, today we just saw the difference between the two teams, right? I mean, you have... The Patriots have an all-time great quarterback in Tom Brady who wasn't great today, but he made the throws when he needed to make them. I mean, the Vikings go down, tie the game at 10, and then the Patriots respond immediately by marching right down the field and getting a touchdown and going up 17-10. to 10. And from that point on, you just never really felt like the Vikings really had a chance. Even though it was still a one-possession game then, you just never really felt like the Vikings were going to be able to pull this one off. That Patriots drive, uh, by the way, after the Vikings scored, got the Dan Bailey field goal to make it 10-10, to went four plays, 75 yards, yeah. 145 in the uh, third quarter. They took the lead. Let's get right to the phone calls. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Good. Hey, nice blue hoodie the other night uh, at the Gopher game, Judd. I was very tired, Mike. I was exhausted. Tip-off is too old for a 49-year-old man. I've determined that. Um, there shouldn't be one Viking fan that's upset or or didn't know this was going to happen. Those two teams with those two rosters could play 100 times at that stadium, and the Vikings would literally not win one game. So... You've got a 50-50 chance, I'm saying, for next week in Seattle. 
you know, even if you lose that game, you win your last three. Carolina lost today, which was actually huge for the Vikings. It, win your last three games, you're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to play either Chicago or Dallas. You can beat either one of those teams, and then from there, who knows. But that offensive line, if this guy does not draft or make trades to improve that damn offensive line next year, they do have the weapons. If you give Cousins some time, he's going to do it. And that was a great play call on that fourth and eleven to Treadwell again. I don't, I don't know how that didn't work. <laughs> what you know? And two, who on earth really believes that Treadwell on fourth and eleven is going to catch a short four-yard pass and make a play? That, Apparently, Aikman, Troy Aikman thought that. that but I mean, was, we know the, <laughs> the the one thing we know, right, guys? The one thing we know about La- Laquan, even if we want to say he's not that bad, which he is for the most part, but let's say that we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. The one thing that we know about Laquan Treadwell is he really can't run very fast. So how the hell is he going to catch a four-yard pass on fourth and eleven and make a play? And I might be on the other side of your. Uh, look at the bright side, Vikings fans. I want I want McCarthy to be there for Rogers. Rogers well, is uh, not anymore. There, fired That's today. So they're going to hire somebody that might pull their head out of their ass, and they might <laughs> get better. All right, Mike. Thanks. Talk to you later. That was a great call. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred are the uh, numbers for Vikings vent line. Let's go to our buddy Chancy in Fargo. Hi, Chancy. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I would agree with the uh, previous caller. I don't think the result here tonight is a shocker, but it is pretty dang frustrating to see them go over in uh, big games with the Saints, the Rams, the Bears. Now, this game tonight, I mean, I don't know how anybody really cares if they get in the playoffs except to keep our interest level going. They aren't going on a run to the Super Bowl. I actually agree with the previous caller. They could win a game, but uh, there's no way they're winning three in a row, especially two on the road. Uh, let me let me tell you guys this, and I'll preface this to start. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not saying that I think that Case Keenum is better than Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying that. In fact, if you ask me, I would say I think Kirk Cousins is better. But name me a game this year that Keenum would not have won that Cousins has. I haven't seen one. I cannot believe that you can upgrade the most important position on the football field, which everybody would agree is quarterback. Everybody would agree it, right? They've upgraded that position. Which game this year would they have lost with Keenum that they won with Cousins? There isn't one. So how much of an upgrade hey, Chancy, really Chancy, have? Chancy, Chancy, do you think that the only game that comes to mind slightly for me, possibly, Philadelphia? Maybe. And I will give the other judge as a maybe. Okay. He might have won that game, and Keenum might have lost it. But we are splitting hairs here as far as a quarterback upgrade. There is not there is not that much of an upgrade. And like I said, I already I already stated somebody else want to call in and ridicule me. I already stated I think Cousins is better. But by what degree? I mean honestly, we have not made that much of an upgrade. The offensive line sucks. Everybody knows it. It sucked last year. It sucked three years ago with Sam Bradford. It has sucked forever. Okay? So every quarterback we've been watching has been playing with these ridiculous offensive lines. I'll say one more thing. Yep. What would you guys be willing to give up for an elite kicker? Somebody that you could just (laughs) trot out and just put three points on the board and bank it. Whether it's Zerline. I mean... I'm at the point I would trade a first-round pick for a kicker. Oof. This team can't figure it out. Fancy. It Fancy. doesn't matter Fancy. who Fancy. they sign. You're upset they... right now. 
Yeah. What? You're upset. You're upset right now. You're very upset. Well, I'm upset, but I, I just, I'm tired of watching the kicking situation. I mean, Spielman, you know, Prefer should be fired because they can't figure it out. All right. But, you know, what else do you do? I don't know. How I mean, do you get a decent kicker? I mean, thanks, Chancey. It's, it's the, the, well, the one thing I will say on the, on the Cousins Keenum thing is I don't know if Case Keenum brings you back and forces overtime against the Green Bay Packers in week two. Which ended up being a tie because Daniel Carlson couldn't make a kick to save his life. Sure, but I don't know if yeah, Case Keenum was able to bring you back. So that's probably that game probably would have been a loss. But to the point of the kickers, I mean, Dan Bailey statistically is one of the most accurate kickers in history. Yeah, he was like the so second most accurate kicker in NFL history yeah. when we signed him. I think they cut him because of money. I yeah. think that we are now to the point where where you have to take a long, hard look at your special teams coordinator, Mike yeah. Prefer. I think you're just at that point. Longwell came on yeah. after the Carlson yeah. game and gave us a pretty good play-by-play of why there might be issues there. And let's be honest. At one point we said, well, it's just Blair Walsh. Okay, that was just Blair Walsh. But then it was Kai, and Kai actually, in retrospect, never should have been let go. But he had these struggles with the longer the extra, extra points. points. Okay. Yep. So then it was sort of Kai has some problems. Then you got young Daniel Carlson. And he had a lot of problems. And now he's doing okay and now in Oakland. It's, yeah. And t- today <laughs> I believe he hit a 50-yard field goal attempt in Oakland. And he made like three out of three a couple weeks ago. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week that week. The point being is I think we now are to the – I think we're now where you have to take a very long – look at your special teams coordinator and say, is that where a change is necessary? And and by the way, on the kick that, that uh, Bailey missed, why in the hell was Matt Wilde the last guy on the field? Somebody's going to ask that in the locker room, Manny, and we're going to pass that along as soon as we find out. Because <laughs> if we're, you know what, if he went to the bathroom at that time, he picked a really poor time to do it. Hey, Ben in Florida, go ahead. <laughs> hey, guys, um... I'm kind of like some of the other callers. I'm not upset at the results, and it's an AFC opponent, so it doesn't really go towards your NFC chase. And the Panthers lost today, and the Bears lost to the Giants, and that's that's probably as ugly of a game you'll you'll see from, you'll see in a minute. I do have questions. You, speak, you talk about the uh, special teams coordinator. I really want to know why Dalvin Cook only had nine carries because I think he had about eighty something yards 84. on those nine car- eighty four yards on nine carries. Correct. Seven something yards. Uh, a carry, nine point three actually. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. They didn't, they didn't run the ball enough in this game, even when it was close, because they it was close all the way until the third, you know, third third quarter, and they just didn't run the ball. I, I don't know. I just Mike Zimmer's gonna, you know, he's got to go back to flip and got to go back to the flip and say, why didn't you run the ball more? We were actually having success at it in this game. So I, that's the only that's the thing I really had a problem with this with that team is. They didn't run the ball enough, especially when the game was still close. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate the phone call. Here's what I don't get. They ran the ball 13 times today. Aikman and Joe Buck were talking about McCarthy being fired at the end of the telecast, and at one point, Aikman mentioned Filippo as a possible replacement. <laughs> what, what on earth is leading anybody to consider this guy Whoa. for a head coaching job right now? That's, that's, I, that absolutely has to stop right now. This guy's struggling with play calling. I, Ben's I, right. Ben's I, not wrong there. What I don't get is why is there so much steam on him being a head coach now? Is it just because he's an offensive coordinator? It does, It seems like it has nothing to do with him being a good offensive coordinator right now. It just has to do, well, he's an offensive I coordinator, think it's because, so we'll just 
because the narrative I think came came with him from Philadelphia because he was the quarterbacks coach there and they had won a championship and Foles. But got why was hot. there no steam on him then? And so, well, I think the I think the steps the the process was going to be well. He was really good in Philadelphia. And now he's going to get to call plays in Minnesota and show himself. And Shermer, of course, just got the job from here. And so the yeah. thought was, oh my gosh, he's getting Kirk Cousins, and it's all going to be fantastic. And there should be there should be talk about his job security here. Yeah. Not his job. Not him getting a head coaching job. Uh, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. The show is Viking Ventline. I'm Judd, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison producing, uh, Ross Brendel also helping out behind the scenes. And we go to Sam. Hi, Sam. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, to your point earlier about the McCarthy job search and the Packers, you know, I know that the Packers are probably going to lean towards hiring a younger offensive mind because that's been the trend in the league with McVay and Shanahan and Maggie. But my question is, if you're a young offensive mind, yes, you have the op- opportunity to coach Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers, it seems like over the past few years, is not like the easiest person to get along with. And I just don't see how he reacts to this 35-year-old hotshot coming in and saying, I know what I'm doing, trust me, I can overhaul your career when Rodgers has a body of work that says, well, look, I've been doing pretty well on my own, so I think I know what I'm doing, and there's a possible clash there. That can be discussed at a later point, but I guess my general thought on this game was, looking at the offensive line, there are just times in every game, it seems like, when, I think they were talking about this in the broadcast, where there's like two holding penalties that just kill drives. And they don't show up in the box score as like a pressure or a sack, but it kills the offensive, you know, the offense's mojo. Sure. And it feels like that happens every couple games for us, if not every game. And the other point is, you know, the Packers don't really have a blue-chip pass rusher. They have, I think, Trey Flowers is probably their best pass rusher, but every game it seems like the Vikings go up, whether it's Chandler Jones, I think they have Frank Clark next week in Seattle, Mike Daniels early on for the Packers. It doesn't seem like, you know, this is a game where you don't have a blue-chip pass rusher. You could theoretically establish your will on the offensive line, and they just get pressures or allow pressures on, it seems like, every drive. So just my thoughts, but curious to get yours. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we know this offensive line's not good. We warned them about this. This was not. This is not a second yeah. guess, whoa, whoa, are the Vikings because nobody saw this coming. Yeah. You know, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is who Washington told us he was. And I will admit, I'm a little surprised. Mm-hmm. I expected more there. There's been less than I expected. This does not make him a bust, but... I've been surprised by that. But, and it sounds arrogant, but when you can sit here in July and say, what are you doing offensive line-wise? I can't then come back in December and say, well, I'm surprised by it. Right. We had this guy, we had these conversations. Yeah. You know, Matthew Collar flat out told me in training camp, Tom Compton's not a starting caliber guard. Mm-hmm. Today, he took two holding penalties on cook runs that killed you. Think about, think about just, what... Think about the, all the guys we've seen play offensive line for this team now this year. Tom Compton's been basically a regular starter at left guard. Hmm. Rashad Hill has played on the right side at right tackle. He started a couple games at left tackle when Riley Reef was out. Rashad Hill is a backup tackle. That's what he yes. should be. If you have a good offensive line, Rashad Hill is not starting on it. He's backing up. He's a very serviceable backup guy that you can plug in for a game or two if you're, one of your tackles are out. And but he's not a regular starter. You got Brian O'Neill, who is 
performing better than I think all of us anticipated, but, but they, he's still a rookie and still has rookie shortcomings. And they fully admitted that he was going to be a project. The organization admitted that. Right. And now you have Mike Remmers, who should be your starting right tackle, playing at right guard, and he's the best option you have there because you don't have anybody else that's better than him, and he's really not that good of a right guard. It's a mess. Randy in Oakland, I look forward to this. Well, to be honest, guys, I'm actually really calm after this one. I'm more so perplexed as how Matt Weil, the placeholder, was the last person on the field in the first half. It's like, was he drinking a bunch of Sam Adams to embrace New England? I don't understand what was going on there. Mike Prefer needs to go. That's that's coaching right there. Like, you need to be organized. Like, how the hell is your placeholder the last one to come out? And once he was the last one to come out with, like, 10 seconds left on the play clock, I knew that Dan Bailey was going to miss that kick. I just oh, knew. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. It's gotten to a point where with our kickers, guys, and I'm dead serious when I say this, I don't get mad at missed kicks anymore. I'm so numb to it. I'm so used to it to where it's like, you might as well play like the Harlem Globetrotters music when our kickers come out, you know, or maybe like the cartoon uh, sound effects where it's slipping on a banana peel, basically when our kickers go up there, because it's like, okay, Randy, this, I this think you're looking for, I think you're looking for the Benny Hill theme. That's what you're looking for. I, that's exactly what I'm yeah, looking the for. The Benny it, Hill it, theme. It, it, it's so comical at this point because <laughs> we didn't need to make a change of kicker. Kai Forbath was so mentally tough. He he missed those extra points, but it was like whatever. He come through in the clutch for us. Kai Forbath would not look as dumb as Dan Bailey had. And Dan Bailey was one of the most accurate kickers in the league before he signed up with us. So basically, like any kicker that comes to us, they basically just they just fold apart and they don't know how to kick ever in the NFL. But John Filippo needs to be fired. Fourth and inches, you don't call a quarterback sneak. There's no C.J. Ham as a fullback to maybe throw the defense off. You call a basic-ass handoff to where you then get – it should have been turnover on downs, but then you get bailed out by a bad first down call, and then they reviewed it and said, actually, that is a first down. We're going to uphold this ruling. I don't get it. So then you had a chance to maybe capitalize on that. You're down two scores. Your offense does nothing. Then Eric Kendricks gets an interception. You turn the ball over. Your offense can't do anything. Never mind all the check down plays your offense relied on until the final drive of the first half. The problem with John Filippo and this offense seems to be they only seem to ramp things up when their backs are against the wall. With these weapons that we have on offense, there is no excuses for us to basically be this extra conservative, please don't make any mistakes offense. We have Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, and Dalvin Cook, and we're running a please don't make any mistakes offense. That's completely inexcusable. Then we had no problem firing Norv Turner midseason in the 2016 season because his offense wasn't working. Flip should be fired. He should find his own way back to Minnesota. When he gets back to Minnesota, he can pack up his own damn office. They're going with the judge theory he, here. And once he's done with that, he can carpool with Mike McCarthy to whatever the hell buffet they choose to go to or whatever the hell they want to get the hell out of here. I don't care. what For whatever reason, the national talking heads are still talking about this dude, Flip, as far as a head coaching candidate. And, Judd, you mentioned this earlier as far as, oh, maybe he'll go to the Packers. He can go wherever the hell he wants. He needs to get out of Minnesota. He's a fraud offensive coordinator. Thank you, Randy.
Yeah, he's not done a good job. They've not done a good job, and I don't understand the game plan today, and it seems like they got things right against the Packers, but of course the Packers stink. That's the thing. That's Mm -hmm. where the Vikings, and and I told Color this on the Purple Podcast last Sunday, and this is where I've become very cautious now, because I sort of got excited after they beat Detroit here. Mm -hmm. And Manny, the dangerous thing is this. They're doing some really good things against not not very good teams. And so you say to yourself, oh, the problems are solved. Well, they're not solved. They're just solved against not good teams. You go into MedLife Stadium and you hang 37 on the New York Jets, and we're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, well, they're doing all right. But then you're reminded that it was the New York bleeping Jets. Correct. They had 278 yards of offense today, by the way, and 10 points. Yeah, and Cousins had 201 yards. Four four yards a pass today for Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenny in Ohio, you're next up on Viking Vent Line. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, say that... um, it's we start every game. It's a it's always a three and out. Almost every game is a three and out. We give up um, the ball to New England. They go down the field, score a touchdown. And I jokingly told my wife, I said, "Well, it's seven to nothing because the game is over." Because I could tell after we lost it, after we missed the field goal, I could tell that's what we do because no one rallies, no one has gumption, heart, no one fights it's like once something goes bad and and at the beginning they just go through the motions the rest of the way Kirk Cousins he he's he's he can't he doesn't have that clock in his head that most quarterbacks have he doesn't have it and he also can't move so most most quarterbacks can move up size step do this he has no pocket awareness he has no pocket awareness and the, the coordinator, he's played scared football. He plays not to lose football instead of playing winning football. And that's you can't go three yards. Every pass you throw is three yards, three yards, three yards. It was second and twenty. We threw a three yard pass. Mm-hmm. It was third and seventeen. We threw another three yard pass. Mm-hmm. Then it was fourth down. I told my wife, I said, well, "What are we going to do? Throw another three yard pass? Or fourth and eleven? And they threw another three yard pass." Kenny, it's Brad Childress. It's the Brad Childress uh, offense. You need ten yards, you get four. You need you need three yards, you get four. But you're going to get four. I mean, it's uh, right. third nine. Right. You and, know, uh, they expect you to catch three yards and run seventeen, or catch uh, three yard pass and run fifteen. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen. You got to go to where the, where you need the yardage at. All right, thanks, Kenny. You're welcome. Appreciate the call. One thing that uh, I noticed too that there was, and people were complaining. I think for somewhat good reason about the two deep passes that they threw in the end zone. I think it was 10-7. to 7. They threw the two deep passes in the end zone. The one, the first one to Thielen, that was, people were looking for a flag on that one. And then the next one to Aldrick Robinson, people were looking for a flag on that one. I thought Robinson probably had a little bit more of an argument for P.I. there. Mm-hmm. But what bothered me about that sequence was, all right, you tried your, you tried your deep shot to Thielen in the end zone on second and eight, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So now it's third and eight. You tried your deep shot already. Just run a play to get the first down. Why are you Why are you chucking it into the end zone again? At that point, yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? I mean, now, I, should yes. Pi have been uh, called in that instance? Probably, but it, it the Robinson to me, the, one. I think you pro- definitely had a case. I think yeah. you're right about that. Yeah, and that was the second one on third his, and eight. His yeah. arm was pinned. Yeah, definitely. But for me, it's like still the the offensive approach there to me is just questionable. Because it's like you already tried your deep shot to the end zone. Yep. At this point, it's third and eight. 
just get the first down. Run a play to get that first down to keep the drive going and get into the end zone later. The show is Viking Vent Line. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, I'm Judd. He is Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison producing, Ross Brendel also helping out behind the scenes. And we will continue on with our friend Linda in Wyoming. Hi, Linda. Hi, gentlemen. I decided the show finally needed a woman's point of view. Always needs it. Yes, that's good. Always welcome to appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, and an old point of view. I have seen every game the Vikings have ever played. I mean, I've been around. I'm old enough to say that. Your calls are always great. Dead serious. They're always great. So. I, I I watched the Vikings lose four Super Bowls for the defensive orientated Bud Graham. Uh-huh. And now what we're watching here is we get to Denny Green. I watched them lose the chance, and I almost said Denny Green would never get us to a Super Bowl because he's an offensive orientated coach, doesn't pay any attention to the defense. All right, this is the same problem that you have with Mike or with um, Zimmer. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive-orientated coach who brings that perspective, and he always, and I think when you hire a coach like that, the other side, whether it's offense or defensive, you don't make good hires. North Turner, Clip, you know, he had one good hire on on offense, Turner, that way. Uh, How many years has his offensive line stunk? Three years. Who do we keep drafting and, and signing as free agents? Defense. If I was Zimmer, I would be saying, you got to get this fixed. I want everything to go towards that offensive line. But we don't see that perspective that way. Um, you know, I just, I, I really think he brought Flip in. You know why? Because that read option in Philadelphia, Asia's defense, up, he couldn't figure it out. And he bought Flip and explained it to him <laughs> so that his team doesn't get beat this year. It's a good he theory. He admitted that. Like, yes. And he's not going to be able to compete against Nagy in Chicago or McRae down there in uh, and uh, um, oh, with the Rams yep. because they're bringing in new concepts that the old defensive concepts cannot match. So, you know, you're either going to have to change – you know, Spielman's position and get someone in who's going to say, nope, I'm running it, we're going to balance this out, I'm going to have some say in the hire, or you're going to have to get rid of Zimmer because a defensive-orientated or an offensive-orientated who just turns, does nothing with the other half of the ball, does not work. And that's the genius of Belichick. Belichick knows, you know, what the weaknesses are for the Vikes on offense and defense, he hires people who put those to work in creative ways on both the offensive and the defensive side of the ball, and he stays out of it and let them go through with the game plan and those kinds of things. And until that happens, we're going to be frustrated every single year that way. Because as I say, I watched four losing Super Bowls for exactly the same reason, that someone came in with new concepts that our defense couldn't handle, and yep. Zimmer can't handle his defensive concepts. He's a defensive traditionalist. He doesn't know what to do with these young college orientated types of offense. And uh, you know, and I, I'm guessing it won't be long before you're gonna have a a few of the players that are gonna start revolting again. It's happened before doing that. So All right. just my two cents worth. Thanks, Thank you. Guys. Take Appreciate care. Show. Thanks. Yeah.
Thanks, Linda. Interesting points. Uh, I I do believe that she's pro- that she's right though about the fact that Zim got his butt kicked in Philadelphia and saw the opportunity to, to hire a guy who helped in that yeah. in, in the preparation of that butt kicking and said, "I'll take him." But and look he, look how he got Nick Foles to he's a know, quarterbacks coach and he got Nick Foles to you know get to catch fire in, in the in the playoffs and on and, and into all, the Super Bowl. And I'm all for yeah. taking cornerbacks in the first round because I think I think if you try and cheat on that now I'm not saying you can't find them in the fifth round, but but the Vikings have shown Marcus McCauley, Asher Allen, that group that if you try and take them third round or after, it's tough to get uh, good ones. Josh Robinson but too. There yeah. is a definite discussion to be had about how you don't address the offensive line with that first pick or as we talked about if you were going to take the corner with your first round pick, you've got to trade whatever it takes to get back up there and take one at the start of the second round. You just have to. Yeah. I mean, you we we've been talking about this for months. Yeah, it's a broken I mean, record, you're right. You know, but it's like Joe Berger, your right guard, retires. He retires. And he was pretty good for you. You have a gaping hole at right guard, mm-hmm. and you don't address it at all. Okay, you you get Brian O'Neill, and you, you're you're high on his upside, and okay, fine. But you've got a gaping hole at right guard. You can't just run back. You, you can't just run it back like you had last year when one of your guys, one of your better offensive linemen out of the five, is not playing with you anymore. You have to address that that hole. Jonathan? We've got uh, quotes coming from Mike Zimmer. From okay. the press conference. This is from Andrew Kramer. Uh, no, Mike Zimmer said when asked if the Vikings ran the ball enough. Seemed frustrated about the balance on offense, which has been an ongoing thing. Okay, but here's my here's where I would throw that back at him then, is this. <laughs> the Green Bay, oh, he complained about that with, with DeFilippo prior to the Green Bay game. And I completely get that. You sit down with John, you meet, mm-hmm. they clearly did, you meet with Kirk. But therefore, after that, you've got to be involved. Like if you if you stay involved if you yeah, yeah if you if you are Zimmer from the moment that you publicly complain it's now on you it's incumbent on you to be involved that's why you're so the head you, coach so you can't come back with well I well, this surprised me you're playing the New England bleeping Patriots in the start of an incredibly tough but crucial two game stretch and you're surprised or you're upset that's on you now that's mm-hmm. on you and so I. I understand if he's frustrated, but the main person that Mike Zimmer has to be frustrated if they didn't run the ball enough today against the Patriots is Mike Zimmer. It's not DiFilippo. You can be upset with him, but the main person to be upset with is yourself. Yep. Harold and Blaine, what's up? Hey, I uh, I started uh, listening a little late, but uh, in the in the Packers, I mean, excuse me, in the Patriots' first drive where they went ninety-five yards, uh, they had. Three passes in a row. Now I I have a pretty small television, so I couldn't see any Vikings in the in the uh, covering them. Mm-hmm. Were there Vikings on the field when they were uh, making those passes? Harold, believe it or not, there were. Oh, okay. there were guys in jerseys that and and helmets that had horns that were definitely out there. I saw mm-hmm. it. Big TV, oh. TCL TV showed the whole thing. <laughs> I should get a bigger TV. You okay. should. <laughs> All right then. The other thing I was thinking when they're talk when you mentioned that the uh, that the holder wasn't out there in time. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that my biggest concern is the huge touchdown celebration when the team sucked for 28 minutes. I'm more concerned about people who have that attitude. Is that they have this huge touchdown celebration? Have they not been watching their team? I mean. 
there's just got to be something going on here. Like what? Well, I mean, you just have to be aware that, you know, you're not, your team's not doing very well. But that's but how that's, athletes are now. I, I get what you're saying, but, but gopher players can be down by 40 and they, they tackle a guy for a meaningless tackle and celebrate it. Yeah. It's just how guys are. Well, it's the la- it, it's the last thing. That is the yeah, I get your frustration. I mean, it is the last thing on my list of gripes. I mean, when Cordero Patterson returns a kickoff for a touchdown against the Seattle Seahawks at TCF Bank Stadium when the Vikings are down 35 to nothing in the fourth quarter and he's high stepping and celebrating yeah, and he a looks big like smile on his face. Idiot. He's an idiot. Okay? Right. But tonight, I mean, the touchdown that they scored got them to within three points. And, and it was in the middle of the game. It's not like it was a blowout. or Who cares? Exactly. Who, who, who cares? Exactly. Uh, 651-646-8255, Viking Ventline, Judd, Manny, Jonathan, Ross, and now joined by our buddy Don in Ohio. Hello, Don. Well, the Vikings since last year's NFC Championship game is 0-5 versus playoff teams or possible playoff teams. Yep. They've been outscored by 70 points. Yep. This is not a coincidence in any way, shape, or form. Nope. The team has underperformed since the NFC Championship game. You know, and it's whether it's been the defense that's failed them in the beginning or it's the offense that's been failing them now. This team is not a playoff team. It just isn't. What's your main gripe, Don? What, so if, if you were to, after laying out those statistics for us, if you were to give me your, your main issue with this team right now, What's that? I think it's definitely it's uh, John DiFilippo. I don't think there's any question about that. I would say, yeah, it would it be extreme? Of course it would. But the 2012 Baltimore Ravens fired their offensive coordinator in week 14. And, you know, the Vikings' window is small. I feel very confident saying that the DiFilippo project has failed and that you have a small window right now. I mean, you still have a couple options that they can go with if they need to. They had, I know, I think, was it uh, Stavnaski was, I think, yes. someone mm-hmm. that he was there. I mean, he's on the team still. Yep. You know, that's someone that they could bring, that they could just let, let go of. He flip on and promote Stefanski at this point, considering he was well-regarded as wanting to be there. I mean, if you want to go really outside the box, you have, uh, was it uh, Cliff uh, Kingsbury, who got fired from Texas Tech, you know, and someone that a lot of, you know, NFL teams are looking into. I mean, you can even still hire them on there for the time being. You know, I you you have to. I mean, how, how do you not go to quarterback sneak on fourth and inches or third and one at all when you know. know that they're going to be doing that? And you have second and twenty, and you throw three short passes on second, third, and fourth down when you're. You know, it, it's just it isn't just that that I would say that series exemplifies the Vikings offense this entire season. Outside of the Rams game, this offense has been a disaster. It really is. And it's not going to get any better. And if you're telling me you will, you're wrong. It's waste and, and Zimmer's got to be fur- infuriated at this point. His defense is playing at a good level. Actually a great level now. You know, it's finally found its and then you have this offense that's struggling. You can tell Cousins is not comfortable in this offense. It's just you can just tell the way he plays. Yep, he's just—he's just not confident. Or he's, he's playing cautious now, Don. He's playing cautious. You—you yeah. you could tell he is fearful, and he should be of screwing up. And you know what? You know what happens to a lot of times. You can tell. What? What did I tell you in the first quarter after their first couple of possessions? I said Kirk Cousins has no chance tonight. Yeah, you, no, you, could, you can just—you can just tell. But he's afraid. He if is. You, been if told, you get pressure on him mistakes. early, 
Yep. If you get pressure on him early, he's cooked for the rest of the game. He's got no I, I shot. I do believe. I do. I think at this point, honestly, if they don't, if they lay another egg against Seattle, you fire DiFilippo. You right. have to at this point to salvage the season to make the playoffs. You have to fire DiFilippo. Right. You have to either either have to um, promote. Stefanski, or he hires somebody else. Even maybe McCarthy. I don't know. I mean, you it would know. be Stefanski right now. No, I don't. I don't want. It would be I, Stefanski. No, we don't want. No, no. Come on, Don. We don't no, want Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy right right now. Now. Just did. But I think it would have to be Stefanski. I honestly, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yep. All right, I, I think it has to be Stefanski and fire Preferred. You have to fire Preferred. <laughs> I'm confident that is coming. Thanks. Yeah. Talk to you. I well, listen. Stefanski was. Going to go to the Giants and be Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator, remember? Him. And the Vikings blocked it because they, they wanted to keep him, so they're yep. high on him. Yep. So I mean, hey, I, I don't know if you do. I don't know if doing it in the middle of the season will change anything, but you know, who knows? Manny, brace yourself because next up is Bob in Pennsylvania. Bob. Bob. Brace yourself because earlier this evening, eight Yinglings in here, Bob. <laughs> hey. When you hear calls from Randy from Oakland, he's calm on a night like this. I'm telling you, brace yourself, because I'm anything but calm. The call from Randy from Oakland after the Bears game was the best call of the year. And the follow-up after that, Randy from Cottage Grove, when he just got busted and he, you know, he was apologizing and you know, he actually... He didn't really understand what was going on. That was the best event line ever. But the point is this. When you have a loss like this tonight, learn from it, Mike Zimmer, because Bill Belichick is not in the game to make it close. He's in the game. It's a war, and he's in it to win the war, and he will do anything to defeat the opponent, just like how he, he went face-to-face against Adam Thielen when Thielen was shooting his mouth off about a, a, an early Christmas gift that the Vikings got on that fourth and inches terrible call that they, that they were gifted on the fourth down, and they got another chance to get back in the game. What did Belichick say to Thielen when he was shooting his mouth off? He said, shut the bleep up. Mike Zimmer in that situation would have adjusted his glasses, pulled his card up, read the playbook, and said, excuse me, what would you have said? See, that's the difference between Belichick and Zimmer. Zimmer is out to run the ball, run the clock out, play conservative, be predictable, and, you know, maybe we can get a win against a winning team one of these years, you know? Who knows? Belichick is in it. To win the war against any opponent. What do you guys think? Are you done, Bob? Keep going. The floor yeah, is I mean, the floor is yours. I think that right. I, I, I think that this that. I think the season is right now is is tracking to be an incredible bust yeah. compared to what we thought. The They're not a playoff team right now. The vent line has it, it, it. You know, I loved it when Randy from Oakland. We're ballistic after that Bears game because that's how I feel. I mean, I feel I'm trying to control my blood pressure right now. Just don't swear. Keep going. The magnesium, you know, because it's really high. But when he resorts to flipping on banana peels and Manny says that 
that the Vikings kicking game is like Benny Hill? It's a joke. That's what this team is. They are a joke. And I was the biggest Benny Hill fan and Jackie White fan and the Hills Angels in the history of television. Because that's what they are. They're the Benny Hill show. And that's what Mike Zimmer is. And I'm sick and tired of it. And with that, Bob, we will... Let you go and say thank you very much. <laughs> uh, don't hang out, people. Keep calling. 651-646-8255. As far the, as I'm concerned, we are just getting started. That might have been the call of the year. 1500 ESPN is KSDP. We are we are identifying ourselves. We're not taking a break, but I am going to turn it over to Manny to talk about a place that's not a joke because Lucky's 13 is a very yes. serious good restaurant. Tell yes. me about it. Lucky's 13 Pubs uh, brings you Vikings Vent Line as they have every week this season. They are the best spot in the Twin Cities uh, to catch a game as the Vikes make a push for the playoffs, and they got some work to do. Uh, Lucky's, they have tons of TVs, those legendary appetizers. Uh, they've got those amazing fresh half-pound burgers, those handcrafted sandwiches. They've got a wide variety of many uh, pub uh, favorites. And uh, the drink menu's awesome, the huge selection of tap beer, the cocktails, uh, the best Bloody Marys in town. Seriously, these bloodies are awesome. Uh, you can try the Bacon Bloody, the Jalapeno Bloody, the Mother Mary. You know what? You can uh, try them all by getting a flight and just sampling each one of them. Try them all uh, if you're a Viking fan tonight. In yeah. fact, you know what? Take an Uber, Uber home, get as drunk as you want, try every one of those bloodies. Definitely. Uh, Lucky's, they celebrate uh, Sunday fun day, happy hour all day long on Sunday, every Sunday. They've got prize giveaways during games, too. If you've got people in your life who are not really into football, Lucky's, I'll tell you what, right now, especially this time of year, they're a great spot for friends and family for the holidays. Uh, they go all out with all the decorations and everything, too. I've been in there during a Halloween time. It's great. Uh, if you're having people over for the game and you can't make it out to Lucky's, uh, you can call ahead, and uh, the uh, everything that you order will be ready to pick up as soon as you get there. Five Twin Cities locations. Find them online at Lucky's13Pub.com. Lucky's13Pub.com. And we are... 1500 ESPN, which is KSDP. St. Paul, Minneapolis. Perfect. See? There you go. We're combining teamwork, which the Vikings didn't have today enough of. Uh, 651-646-8255. Let's fill these phone lines back up. Uh, One line is open. Let's see who's been holding the longest. That would be Brian in North Carolina. So, Brian, you get the uh, the, uh, chore of following up Bob in Pennsylvania, who I think just broke his phone. Did I just hear a Benny Hill reference? Uh, you've heard about four of them. Yeah, five several. Of them. <laughs> several. Hey, I I have a uh, prediction before I get to the question. I've had it for a while, which is of course. Cousins, Zimmer, and Spielman are all uh, joined at the hip. They will be renewed or all let go at the same time with the uh, conclusion of Cousins' uh, contract. Would you agree? And then I'll move on to my question. Uh, it's possible. You know what? That's not I, – I've – have never thought about in that context till now, but it's a good point because mm-hmm. Zim's good. Well, and by that point, if, if they haven't won a title in a couple of years, Zim's what pushing 65 at that point. Yeah. Spielman. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, all, the, it's the, a good theory. The, the talent, I like it. The, the talent window will also begin to close and that may be a good time for a reboot. I like it. At any rate, yeah. the reason I call Judd time to break out the pie chart of blame. All righty. The pie chart and of blame. And this, this is going to be hard for you because I'm going to give you an odd number to work with, so the math is going to be insane. I can do any pie chart you want. <laughs> offensive blame. How much on Filippo? How much on Cousins? How much on offensive line? All right. Okay. So you're giving me, you're giving me three pieces. Um, I am going to say 
the offensive line is is an enormous sum, and and it's not all their fault, but it's their fault, but it's the administration's fault for for not imp- improving that. I'm going to say your offensive line has caused you because they are far too often incompetent and inept. I'm going to give them sixty percent of the blame. Um, after that, Manny, I am going to give DiFilippo, because I don't believe the play calling has been good, and, and that also goes back to the yeah. head coach as well. Yeah. I'm going to give him, should I give him, let's say, if I give him 20, I'm going to give him 30%, and then I'm going to give Cousins the rest of it, which is not enough, but where I side with Cousins is... How the hell do you sign this guy who you know is basically a statue, mm-hmm. but but you know his shortcomings? How do you sign him to that contract and then not give him an offensive line? Yeah. So I, I in some weird ways, I sort of I don't absolve him completely, but I feel for him because mm-hmm. he signs here and, and and I got it. His contract eats up a lot of your salary cap, and therefore you can't go get a, as good a line as you want. But still, you knew what uh, you knew what this was going to be. Yeah. Like it's not a surprise. You don't watch him play and like, oh, I really thought he could run really well. Yeah, I thought he was Case Keenum. They were a middle of the road, middle of the league at best offensive line last year. At best, they were probably the 16th or 17th best offensive line. But they were so much better than the previous year. They were so much better than the previous year that we all thought, oh, the offensive line is improved. And to your point, that's Reef and Remmers with Remmers at right tackle, which, as you said, is where he should be. Right, exactly. So what happened was last year, the offensive line was significantly better than what it was the year before, but only because the, in 2016, it was a complete train wreck and complete disaster. It was one of the worst offensive lines we've ever seen with TJ Clemmings and Jake Long holding on for dear life in his, in his, the, at the end of his career. So they, they improved on the offensive line last year, but it still wasn't a good offensive line. So what ended up happening was Rick Spielman just thought, well, you know, we had a good offensive had a good offensive line last year, so we'll just run it back with the same guys. Oh, but wait, your right guard retired. Joe Berger, one of your best guys, probably right. your second and, probably your second best offensive you, lineman. So retired. You, so you also took your right tackle who you displaced in the playoffs and continued to displace him. Yeah. Every you dominoed everything in an incredibly foolish way. Instead of saying Remmers has to get back to right tackle because we signed him to play there and he's actually not bad there. So instead of instead of addressing ever instead of saying to, to yourself we've got to draft somebody high and you had mm-hmm. enough picks I, I I got a note from a guy at one point you know well but if you traded to the, up in the second round do you know how many picks you have you're you were a Super Bowl team you thought you were a Super Bowl team yeah this is not a time to to take the long play that's what this is why you brought in Kirk Cousins right because you were in the yeah. NFC Championship game last year yep. and you thought Cousins was going to be the guy that got you over the hump that Keenum couldn't get you over. Ah, back to the phone lines. Chad in Colorado's been waiting very patiently and Chad, you are next up on Viking Ventline. Gentlemen, this is Chad from Colorado. Hope things are going well. Not a good week this week again. You know, I think Randy and I are on the same page, man. It's Vikings look terrible. You know, the Vikings were clearly outplayed by Belichick and his pound-the-ball strategy. You know, those who call Zimmer to be gone, my personal feeling is, is that they should be crazy. The previous caller who talked about the pie chart, all three of those components are totally blamed on Spielman taking this team to the casino. Tired of it. So with that, you know, I wanted to rant on this flippy about four weeks ago, but it didn't. I wanted to hold off a little bit because he, de- he had a decent calling game, but now back to his old ways. You know, on top of whatever Nano said, you know, this is the second time Flippy has 
failed for the second time using Treadwell on a fourth down and calling a quick slant to Treadwell. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm with you on this. Yes. yes. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, the other guy's in the Green Bay game. After that Green Bay game, Treadwell said, I've made my play a hundred times in practice. Treadwell said, I'll learn so much from that play. I'll learn so much about myself in that play. I've never been in a situation before, and I'm owning up to it, and I'm getting better. Bull! Calling that play to Treadwell was absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Now, you know what? I believe the Vikings fans out there should be saying to Flippy, you know what? Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on you. Maybe Flippy should should trade in that joke of a Super Bowl ring. Should Flippy fly home commercial from Boston? That's the question. Should Flippy be flying home commercial from either Providence or Boston? It should be from Boston immediately. He needs to go to Boston University and maybe go back to secondary education and maybe learn the, the old offenses from the 1960s, like maybe go do the wishbone. You know, try that out again. You know, maybe some calls from set sweeps, like the Patriots were doing all day to us. You know, maybe to join Mike McCarthy for a drink on the unemployment bar and millionaire estates in the game of life. Flippy, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. I love it. I'm going to hold that to the camera. Flippy. We have a new name for John Filippo. Yeah. Flippy. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We have an open phone line on Viking Ventline. And we have Shelly up next. Hi, Shelly. Hey, guys. Longtime listener. And Linda's got some great points. But I called because I'm so ticked today. Is Do you not think that that Zimmer's thought might be that let's have a superior defense and we can win championships with an adequate offense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and that's why our offensive line sucks. But number one, and number two is Prefer's got to go. But when we do hire a new um, uh, special teams coordinator, we need to get a special kicking coach. Get Longwell in here. I'm sure we could get him in here for a cheap amount, and then he needs to get in there mentally with these guys. Thank you, Shelly. Appreciate the phone call. They they need to do something. Mm-hmm. The kicking, when it, as I said before, Manny, when it was just Blair Walsh, you said, okay, it's just Blair Walsh. He stinks. He's, he's, he's messed up. Yeah, he had to miss in the but, playoff game. But, I mean, game now, it's too was, much yeah. now. Dan Bailey, yeah. who, as Jonathan said, was one of the the most accurate kickers, is a mess. Like, how is Dan mm-hmm. Bailey a mess? How is Dan Bailey missing consistently? Yeah. So, uh, 651-646-8255. Again, we have an open phone line. Let's go out to uh, California where Ariel joins the show. Ariel, you're up next on Ventline. Hey, what's up, guys? Not I'm much. A new listener. I appreciate I'm that. I'm a Bears fan, but I wanted to say thank you guys for this loss. You guys helped us out tremendously. You guys could have caught up, catched up, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. You guys have a tough schedule, and we'll see you week 16. And I think we're going to beat you at your house also. Thank you, guys. Thanks again. Appreciate it, Ariel. I think it's week 17, actually. It is week 17. Yeah, week 16. The it Vikings is. are playing um, somebody else. And, and as of right now, Washington plays Philadelphia tomorrow night 
As of right now, the Vikings are, um, by my count, winning percentage-wide, seventh in the NFC, so they're out of the playoff picture right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle won again today, and the Vikings play at Seattle next Monday night. That game is huge. So it's your uh, it's your top four teams, and then it's Seattle and Washington, which plays in or which plays the Eagles tomorrow night. Is now the sixth seed, and the Vikings are the seventh seed. The number is 651 646 8255. 877 615 1500. If you are not in the metropolitan area, let's see where we should go to next. We go to Eric in Philadelphia, it looks like. Hi, Eric. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I thought the Vikings played pretty well today, actually. you know, they should have got that pass interference call on Thielen. They should have got a pass interference call on Robinson. That would have changed the game a lot. Uh, the defense held up okay. The, the offense is the problem, but you know, it's been the offensive line. You guys are dead on on that. Um, I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully they can get it together, but I think we can win out from here. And, and I feel pretty good about our chances from now on. Seattle at Seattle next Monday. You feel good about that one? After that, I'm sort of with you. Seattle. Oh hell yes, I feel good about Seattle. Oof. We can beat Seattle. That's a tough place to Russell play. Eric Wilson will not beat us. You know, you have to understand that. You know, uh, Rhodes was out for much of the game. Trey Waynes was out for much of the game. I mean, when you see Marcus Sherrill's on the field, sure. That's not good. I don't think Trey Waynes is back, though, because this is concussion number two now. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very good chance that a week from Monday in Seattle, Waynes doesn't play. And, and Eric, the one place that I would definitely disagree with you is Russell Wilson can beat you. Yes. He's that good. Uh, Well, we we should have beat him up in uh, a playoffs, and and we'll still beat him. All right. uh, In Seattle. I I have confidence in that. And I think you got a pretty good team here. The offensive line is the, the downside of the team, but you, know, you saw Detroit. They have a lot of first-round draft picks. They have uh, big signings that they have from free agency, and their offensive line is blocking like crap, too. So I don't know what the answer is, but hopefully if they can block them up, I think Kirk Cousins will be all right. All right. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, we go to Brady in North Dakota. Hi, Brady. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, just got a quick question for you before I get to my point. Were you and Manny at um, at all impressed with the play calling against the Packers in Week 2 and also the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, what did you guys think of the play calling in both of those games? Um, that goes back quite a ways. I thought, the, I, I thought the performance of the quarterback in Week 2 against the Packers in the second half was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Cousins was, was very good in the second half of, of that game. And th- the Rams game was, what, 38-31, something like that? Cousins so, had four hundred some yards but passing what, in that but, game. But how much did they run in, in that game? Because the Pat, or I'm sorry, the Rams game is the one where they tried to bring Cook back on a pitch count. Yeah, and ten it went, carries for twenty yeah. yards. So, so I think, I think the one thing that we keep going back to Brady is the fact that what we're not impressed by is is the run pass ratio on a consistent basis. Yeah, and and I think you know long term you definitely got to have more of a balance. But I just you know Randy called in and I was tweeting him I. I just have a question, like, how many of these play calls that we're complaining about is them overriding? For example, on the fourth and one, is it something that maybe Flip had a different play call, but them as a head coach overruled them? I guess I don't know if any of us know that, but I just a little bit suspect of Zimmer. I like some of the things that they were doing earlier in the season. And personally, I just can't help but think that maybe Zim is getting a little bit too involved with the offense as the season goes on. All right, Brady, thanks for the phone call. 
Yeah, but if Zimmer's criticizing the run-pass ratio from the game today in the post-game press conference, that would lead me to believe that he's not doing it. Yeah. Like, if you were to, because theoretically, if you were asked about that and and you were trying to have a great influence either on the pregame preparation for the play calling or in-game telling Filippo that you don't like his calls and are going to make different calls, you would say, it was my decision. The well, quote that the quote that Kramer has is saying I wasn't happy with it. Well, and I can't imagine that Mike Zimmer, who has been hammering home about running the football more week after week after week now for basically the last month. Yep. I can't imagine that this team ran 13 times for 95 yards tonight and Mike Zimmer was overriding anything. The that. the other thing that you got to understand is he is the defensive play caller. And there is only so much time in a in a game itself to call plays. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be you can't be planning and, t- and talking to defensive guys t- during the offensive series and also be calling offensive plays. You can split your time only so much. So my get my guess is that's why Mike relies on on his offensive coordinator so much because so much of his time in a game is spent on defensive strategies and play calls. So I don't think he's like going back and forth. That that's why it's always been ideal to have coordinators who call plays mm-hmm. because you you can only flip that toggle switch back and forth x amount of times before you start to go absolutely crazy and you can't split your time completely. I I just I'm I'm just baffled at they they ran the ball 13 times for 95 yards. Dalvin Cook had nine carries for 84 yards, and he had the one long 32-yard run that even if you take that away. And he looked damn good. Yeah. Even if you take that run away, it's eight carries for 52 yards. That's a pretty good yard per carry average. So I I don't understand how they were popping off those nice runs tonight and flip for whatever reason just decided to go away from it. I don't get it. Minneapolis and our buddy Miguel. Hi, Miguel. What's going on, Judge? You know, I've been down with you since day one. Man. I know. We had fun on the radio. I know you hey, have. Always Manny, enjoy your know calls. What it is. Manny knows I'm trying to get this hip-hop podcast with him, man. He, you know. <laughs> Manny man, knows his stuff. Man, man, I'm trying to get Manny the man. I'm, the, I'm trying to, you know, everybody want a piece of that. Come on now. What you got for hey, us on today's Viking game? I'll just, I'll say this. Uh, first, I want to talk about the Philadelphia coaches, see, because what happened was, in, look at Indiana. Because I think Frank Wright was the guy who was overlooked there at that. Because everyone wants to be like, "Why? Well, where's Flip? Where's Flip's imagination and all this?" Well, let's let's look at the quarterback that he has now compared to who and what he was dealing with there up there. He had more athletic guys that can do some different things. Cousins is a more in the pocket guy. We've been saying, I, I know I've been saying, it, and plenty of fans been saying it all year since training camp. I mean, look at it. In the preseason, we didn't have a, we don't even have the same line since preseason, right? So, you can't win in a, in this league with this amount of guy, with this talent because it's a, like I say, it's an eight and eight league, right? So when you got coaching, talent, injuries, and some luck, there you go. Well, we don't have the talent on the offensive line to compete, and Indianapolis went out. With the third pick, people forget, but they they went backwards to get two offensive linemen to protect Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Minnesota went out. They spent eighty five million. They put a first rounder in Hughes out. They they go out last year. They put it. You know they got money in in Wayne's out. They put money in all these. They go out to get Sheldon Richardson fine, but you're going to go or get all these. Uh, Cola came in also this year. Never did they ever address the issue or give the guy who needs 
protection, protection. And so that's why these issues are where they are, and that's why the Vikings look like, like an average team because, really, they're getting outcoached. Think about the top five teams. You go ahead and you think about them quickly, and you think about that head coach. If that head coach is more than likely going to be an offensive guy really pushing the ball with a quarterback. And, and, and so when you think about how the league is changing – and how they are more like, hey, you know, don't touch these receivers, and they want these guys to put up these points and these numbers, and you can't do it, oh, boy, oh, boy, that looks really bad. And it's looking bad because them, every year, you're changing these offensive coordinators every two, three years. And on top of that, when you've got Uncle Nerv Turner down there with Cam Newton, and Cam Newton's looking really good. Yeah, not today, didn't. No, but no, but well, over the overall, Cam is looking a lot more confident in the pocket than he has through his career. Yep. And so that says a lot about what's going on and who's coaching him. And so I'm just, I just think that Zim, he's in a tough spot. Um, you know, he's going to have to find uh, an offensive line. And 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 let's just be fair, you won't even know what this offense is until the line is. Uh, giving them some time because when they do give them time, that's when you get those Green Bay performances. That's when you get the Ram performances. When he actually yeah. have time, people are like, "Look at this guy! He looks like a top five quarterback." Well, of course he has time. Every quarterback looks great with time. Thank you, sir. I do think, to a degree, I think we're kind of, and this is, I mean, there, there's no question that this this offensive line is typically every week is overmatched by whoever they go up against because there's just not enough talent there. I think Elfline's a good player. You know, Riley Reef has been pretty solid in that spot. You know, he's dealt with some injuries and whatnot. Rammers is okay when he's playing right tackle. But I think we cannot underrate the effect that losing Tony Sperano, I think, has had on this unit. Sure, yeah. I mean, definitely it, pl- it definitely plays a role, but because, you didn't, but you still didn't address but you still it. Still didn't address yeah, it no, exactly. There's no question, yeah. it plays a role. But, yeah, but I think it's a, val- it's a valid point. Yeah, and and I think just that whole situation did that doesn't let yeah. Rick Spielman off the hook for neglecting, you know, drafting an interior lineman in the offseason. But I think that because right now you have to wonder with that too, like how the 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 pecking order of coaching and how that is helping that unit yeah. right now because. Tony Sperano, if he's here, you know, and rest his soul, but if he's here and he's working with these guys, it might be different. If Tony was here, he might be saying, what the bleep did, did you do to me, Rick? Because you didn't address right. it, too. Right. So, But but I just wonder yeah. if, if it's you a fair already, point. You already, you're already sort of up against it with yeah. sort of lack of talent on the offensive line. And then on top of that, you just have... You have guys that are in that are, have unfortunately been put in situations from a coaching standpoint, and they're doing things that... Tony Sperano otherwise would have been relied upon to be doing. Danny, Dan, Phil, George, and Blake, hold on. We're going to take a break. TCL Broadcast Studios. We will be right back after this. The show is Vikings, Ventline, Vikings lose to the Patriots. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings, Ventline now continues. Replays, 24 yards, 15 yards, 12 yards. Brady throws another big one. Gordon for the touchdown. His javelin gets another. His second of the game. And the Patriots open it up here in the fourth quarter. Up by two scores. Harrison Smith coming on the blitz. Got there late. Pass is picked. Intercepted by Kendricks. And exactly what Minnesota needed to try to get back in it. Yeah, well, that was one of the few bright spots for the Vikings uh, this afternoon or early evening 
as uh, they fall to the Patriots 24 to 10 today. Vikings now 6-5 and 1. Those uh those Patriots they improved to 9 and 3. What else is new with them? Patriots uh 471 yards of offense uh today against uh this vaunted Vikings defense. Vikings vent line continues on Manny Hill and Judd Zolgad. Brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, five Twin Cities locations, Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. Find them online at Lucky's13Pub.com. And, uh, yeah, Judd, I mean, <laughs> everything across the board, when you just look at the stats, everything, the the Patriots really dominated this game. Statistically, they pretty much dominated this game in every, every category. And I, I just, I mean, we, we know the Patriots are who they are. Right, like right. this is this is what they do. They, I mean, Brady's great. They and left the door open for you at various times. They to get did right back in, in this game, which the Vikings did when they tied it. Now they gave up a touchdown on the Patriots' very next possession, which just but, killed everything. But there were there were opportunities to take this game. Yes, this was not a dominant wire to wire performance in which you said that the, the Vikings had no chance. This was a game in which the Patriots, who are a very good team but far from perfect, gave you opportunities, and you couldn't take them. And they couldn't take them. And that's the story of the 2018 Vikings against good teams. Mm-hmm. It really is. The story of this team for 2018 is they beat up on teams that aren't as good as they are. But when they play a team where you say, okay, if, if you're really going to win a championship, you get started, got to win that game. They can't do it. Isn't it amazing how when they went into Lincoln Financial Field and beat the Eagles, how the, the viewpoint of the team then was, okay, this was the signature win. This was going to get them going in the right direction. Yep. And even that win just looks like not much right now. All right, back to the vent line phone lines, and uh, let's go to Danny, who's been waiting patiently in New Jersey. Hello, Danny. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, so I, 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 I just, you know, I've been a Viking fan for, since, I probably want to say since around 1993, I became a fan, actually, because of Warren Moon. Um, I I don't really know where to begin, uh, to be honest. Um, you, you have a $90 million quarterback with a $0.10 cent offensive line. Um, like you guys have mentioned over and over again, and it's been said uh, more times than I can remember about the offensive line being a problem. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't give Kirk Cousins a running game. You're bringing him... To exactly where he was with Washington, uh, the team has been completely been unable to uh, effectively run play action, um, any type of play action setup this season due to the lack of run game. Play action is where Cousin has Cousins has thrived the most. Seems like uh, you know again. Uh, I, I I think uh, it was it was mentioned earlier about um, about the running back about Dalvin Cook being used for a while. Seemed like he got hot. They came out in the second half. Uh, seem like they stopped using them. I, I don't. I don't know what the problem is with the inconsistency. Last week against Green Bay, maybe because <clears throat> excuse me, maybe because Green Bay is um, lesser talented on the defensive side. I don't know. I know Mike Daniels was missing. Uh, Mike Daniels or James Daniels? I forgot. Mike Daniels. Yes. Mike Daniels. He's very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you know. So I don't know if that attributed to that. I'm sure it did. Um, but a, a, a lot of a lot of moving cousins around the last game. Yep. Uh, a lot of screen passes last game. I just don't understand. And quite honestly, I am completely disgusted and fed up with the roller coaster ride. Every week, there is just some sort of inconsistency. Look, and and you know, and 
and I don't want to keep you guys too long because I know you guys got callers that need to vent as well, but I'll just say one thing, man. I, I, I was a very big supporter of the Mike Zimmer hire. In no way, shape, or form am I calling for the man's head. But I got to tell you, I work for a living, you work for a living, and last time I checked, Zimmer's the boss. If I go into my job and I don't do what my boss tells me to do, I'm gone. So uh, for him to keep making comments about, you know, we need to run the ball more, you know, we're not, you know, stop being too cute. I mean, these are all shots at Filippo. I mean, it is what it is. And it just seems like this guy goes into the games, does whatever he wants. Um, and honestly, we were sold a bag of goods, really. I thought it was a really good hire with him, too, coming from, uh, coming from the Eagles with, you know, with what they did to New England. I thought that was a really good move. Mm-hmm getting him but it it, it it seems to me like it's been a complete bust it just is not working out um i don't know if a change right now in the season would change anything but it's a real shame you go and sign a 90 million dollar quarterback and 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 judd you, you you mentioned it earlier about about the season um you know kind of like maybe slipping away and 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 becoming a bust in my opinion i know the season's not over yet but in my opinion the season is already a bust uh the fact that we have to sit here and talk about Vikings have to have to do this, they have to win this game, they have to win out, they have to go to Seattle, they have to do all these things, just to get in the playoffs. In my opinion, when you have to talk like that with the type of team that we have, that 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 Spielman has built, yeah, listen, and he's hit on things and he's missed on plenty. Um, the type of money that the Wilfs have doled out, uh, this team should not be where they are. Um, it's a complete disappointment. Uh, what are they, 6-5-1 and one now? It's a yep. complete disappointment. And in my opinion, they're going to go to Seattle and get murdered next, <laughs> be next tough. Monday night. Yep. You know, the team does not play well on, on, uh, on um, you know, primetime games. Yeah, that's they a tough place play. to play, too. And you're playing yeah, Russell no. Wilson. You're right. Yes. It definitely is. I, I just really hope that somehow they figure it out. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm turning the page to next year, but each week goes by, it gets a little more difficult. And in my opinion, when you have to start possibly relying on other teams, oh, who lost today? I think Ben Gessling from the Star Tribune, I think, tweeted something out that the Vikings right now currently hold the, the, like the seventh. They are. Seed. They're out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. I mean, you have a $90 million quarterback. You have the, probably the two best receiving duos in the league. You have a dynamic running back. You have a pretty good, solid tight end. Yeah, the offensive line is crap. But you see how well Pat Shermer moved, moved everybody around last right. year. I get it. Keenum was a little bit of a different quarterback. But the guy knew the weakness. And you can't tell me that John Filippo, especially after the draft, and through training camp and through preseason, and now for the first 12, 13 games of the year, you don't recognize that the offensive line is the biggest, uh, uh, the weakest link to this team. Right. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, I mean, I and going back to the running game again, Judd, the running game was effective today. It was effective. Well, today. if Mike Zimmer's not happy that it wasn't used more, though, that's also that. As, oh, I'm yeah, not going to. I'm not just going to accept the fact that, that the offensive coordinator came up with all the rules. The head coach has to say, and this yeah. is my explanation to you is in game, he can't be calling defense and offense. It's way too much, mm-hmm. but he can certainly be involved. And He's he was before in. the Packers game in the game planning. And so if anything came as a surprise to him, that John DiFilippo entered today's game with any surprises to the head coach, that's on one person, the head coach. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Hi. Uh, yeah, I think the problem is, 
it isn't the uh, offensive line. But before the season started, most of the experts had the Vikings right up their Super Bowl contenders. Sure did. Uh, you know who the, today on the pregame, Bradshaw, that wears four Super Bowl rings? That's four more than the whole Viking organization ever won. He said, you know, in his opinion, the best team in football is the, is the L.A. Rams. However, they, they're not the team, in his opinion, and a lot of knowledgeable other people, they're not the team with the most talent. They got the best record. The team with the most talent, he said, is the Minnesota Vikings. Their problem is they don't have a good head coach. I think Terry Bradshaw hit it on the head. When we lost to Philadelphia last year when we were favored, a few weeks afterwards, our Zimmer said, maybe I I could have had a better game plan. Maybe. Uh, duh, you should have you should have had a game plan, and uh, not to think it afterwards. Maybe I could have had a better one. McCarthy at ten o'clock tomorrow. He's went to two Super Bowls. He won one, eight, ten wins or more seasons. He should be the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. If you took this offensive line and gave them to New England, yeah. they'd have no trouble going to a Super Bowl. Thanks, Dan. No, no, no. no. Okay. I, I, I have no well, problem with your criticism and where you're going until you said that Mike McCarthy should be okay. the head coach. And, and the, other no, 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 no. Is, the other thing, too, is... Let's calm down. Let, and I, I guess he was quoting Terry Bradshaw about the, the Rams are the best record or the, the best team, but they're not the, They've the got most talent. Incredible talent. Oh boy, I could not disagree more. Yeah, Terry I mean, isn't. Yeah, they, they got. I mean, they got Jared a really good Goff, coach. They've got yes. No, Jared no. Goff is serious business, people. Okay, Todd Gurley is. What about Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, yeah. like the the Rams are serious business. That offensive line, those receivers, even though, I mean, Cooper Cup is out for I, the year, but... I appreciate where Dan is coming from, but Mike McCarthy... The Vikings we, have we talent, gotta, but they're not the most talented team. We got to stop there. Mike McCarthy yeah. should... I I get that that right now a lot of Vikings fans are upset because they, they lost again tonight, but uh, Mike McCarthy should not be Mike mentioned. McCarthy is 4-7-1 and one this year with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he should not be mentioned. With Aaron Rodgers. And we just saw him call a terrible game here. Uh, Phil in Plymouth, thanks for holding on. I appreciate it. You bet. Hey, guys, thanks for uh, taking our calls late on a Sunday. Of course. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of disagreement and arguments that can go around to Vikings fans uh, who to blame uh, right now, especially on offense. Is it Kirk Cousins? Is it the O-line? Is it Filippo? Overall roster? Is it more Spielman or Zimmer? Uh, but I want to just say one thing that I think all – people can agree on and that is that Troy Aikman is a moron and I can't stand listening to him. Do you like Joe Buck? Uh, well, Joe Buck's better. Uh but Wow. I, yeah, I know. I, that's, Wait, that's not did a, a Vikings fan just say, hang on? Yeah. Hang on. Do we need like the breaking news sounder here? Did a <laughs> Vikings fan actually say something positive about Joe Buck? I am in shock. Yeah, he gets a little bit of a pass because his dad called that ninety one puck at home run. But uh Aikman today we had to hear him on that clear pass interference for Thielen, which could be textbook, like, ref instructional video. The guy doesn't turn around, runs right into the receiver, impedes it, and grabs his arm. And then at the end of it, when they're just allowed to talk because it's kind of a blowout, they're just, you know, shooting the crap around talking. And uh, we get to hear about how great of a head coach Mike McCarthy is. Like, has Aikman watched the Packers last three years? We get to hear about how great of an offensive coordinator Filippo is. Yeah, when I know. He's just been awful. It's like, Aikman, what, are, what have you been watching? But 
Um, I just had two quick points that I just haven't observations that I haven't heard other Vikings fans really talk about yet. Sure. One, I think the Diggs kind of injury, I don't think he was completely healthy, and I do think it hurt us today. It seemed like the Patriots were pressing a lot and just did not think we could beat them deep. And I think with, if Diggs is healthy, they wouldn't be allowed to do that. I think that did hurt us. And while I think our defense played well for the circumstances, especially our in- injuries in secondary, it was a little disheartening to see the lack of pass rush. I think Brady got hit legitimately once, and it was that interception by Harrison Smith. I would like to see more of a pass rush. But I'll shut up and listen. I did want to end the call ridiculously with a bunch of slogans like P.J. Fleck always does in interviews. Go ahead. So real quick, go, go, Sky Uma, roll the boat, go Vikings, skull. This is how we baseball. Go wild. All right. All eyes north. Ow! I love that phone call. Well, um, our friend uh, Pat in Golden Valley had a tweet earlier that uh, he's hearing from his sources that uh, the Packers have former NFL player P.J. Fleck on the top of their list to uh, replace McCarthy, which I thought was uh, classic uh, Pat in Golden Valley. Joe Buck's better. I can't believe that. That's that's going to stay in the system. It's going to stay in the first. system. Yeah. Why is Pat and Golden Valley not calling into tonight's show? That's my question. That's because, what it, yeah. And now and now if anyone gets fired in the Division One college ranks or the National Football League, Pat suggests that uh, Philip John is a candidate for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Jersey is where we go next. George, you are uh, the penultimate call on tonight's event line. Hello. How are you doing, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Great. Mm-hmm. Um. So everyone, you know, we're all talking about, you know, offensive line um, play calling, which I totally agree with. That is definitely our biggest weakness. But one position that I'm just having a huge problem with this season is the linebackers. Our linebackers in coverage have just been, like, horrid. That, that, that first drive that the Patriots had, that was, that was all the linebackers. They're just doing absolutely nothing. Anthony Barr is just jogging. I, who knows what he's doing at this point. Because I think he's honestly playing injured. And then, yeah, Eric, Eric Kendricks did have that interception, but, I mean, interceptions could just happen, you know, that could be quarterback's fault. Um, I just, these, these linebackers, they're just not, just not good. Um, and then, you know, of course, uh, another thing I want to bring up was the defensive line. Uh, in, there are three big games that I just feel like they have not played well in, um, being number one, the Saints, Bears, and... Uh, this game, of course, I mean, just really not getting any pressure, like the call said before, only getting, like, one quarterback hit. I mean, we're supposed to have, like, an elite D-line, and we can't even hit Tom Brady more than once. Uh, and then I just bring up, I guess, one last thing about Kirk Cousins. Uh, very mixed feelings about him. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't really, I don't hate him, but I don't love him. Uh, but I guess what he's doing isn't bad, but uh, what he's doing isn't enough. Uh, and, and I'm done. Uh, thank you. Thank you, George. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean that. Well, for one, believe it or not, like even though Tom Brady doesn't, you know, doesn't quote unquote scramble well, like he's not, you know, he's not, he's he's not going to mistake himself for Michael Vick or anything like that when he's running and scrambling. But he is still v- very hard to get to, Judd, because he is so good at. When you do get pressure on him, he's so good at moving his feet mm-hmm. and adjusting and, and just little subtle slide steps. And this is what we've talked about with Cousins yeah, that, that Cousins doesn't do. He senses pressures. Yeah. And I mean, and so it's it's hard to get to Tom Brady. So in the one or two chances in a game that you might have a chance to get to him, you got to cash in because 
He's just a, he's a hard guy to get to, even though he's somewhat of a statue in the pocket in terms of just being able to run around. He's just so good with his footwork and moving around and everything. Uh, let's end tonight's event line program with uh, one final call. We'll go to St. Paul and Blake. Blake, you're wrapping things up on Ventline. Go ahead. Woohoo! Okay, first of all, Joe Buck, Joe Buck stinks. Let's get that point across. I was waiting for yeah, that. Now we're back to normal, huh? Yeah, <laughs> we got rebuttal. Yeah. All right, and. Yep. I'll, all I gotta say is tonight I just came from the Whitecaps game where we got blown out seven to two. So I was really hoping the Vikings would cheer up the night. Boston, right? Boston, indeed. Amanda Kessel in town? Is that correct? If I'm, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Oh boy, that's a tough one. Tough loss for us. Okay. So all I gotta say is watching the game tonight, and I'm watching that first drive during the hockey game. Like what? Like the last caller said, why aren't the linebackers getting to that running back and at least stopping them in some way? And then, you know, this has been, you know, repeated throughout the night, so I'm just going to make it simple. Dalvin Cook, I believe, finished, what, nine carries for like 90-some yards? and Nine I'm carries, like, 84 yards. Yes, I'm like, why don't you just keep feeding Cook? Screen passes, run plays, and set up for that medium the long-range pass. And it felt like John DeFilippo just like, you know what, what's this go Tom Brady style and start, you know, slinging the ball over the place, not converting downs. Um, you know, it's, it was – I was really hoping this would be our key catch up to the Bears. The Giants gift wrapped it a, a win today against the Bears, and I'm, I'm just very disappointed in the offensive uh, play calling in the second half. I really thought we had a chance going into the halftime tying to ten ten. It's just a crap way to end the night, and uh, especially moving forward facing the Seahawks, who obliterated the Forty ers and the looking down the road, it's just like, do we have a chance for a wild card and playoff berth? So I'll listen. I'll hang up and listen here. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the defense was not great tonight, but I'm not as concerned about the defense well, the as li- I am about the offense. The linebackers right haven't been great. No, they haven't. K- Kendrick's been. had the pick, but he has not Kendrick's had a great been, year. He's been very underwhelming. And Anthony Barr, I mean, well, Barr's just been worth, hurt. Worth, yeah. But, I mean, but the defense is not your problem. No. The, the defense is getting off the field on third down. The drive that they gave up after it went 10-10 is extremely disappointing because I believe it only took four plays, and the Patriots came right back in those four plays and ran it down your throat. Um, Rhodes was being spotted today. Waynes was hurt. I mean, you know. I, That's my concern I'm, with the defense If I'm not right mistaken, now. that first, uh, the first of the four plays that we're talking about, or second of those four plays on the 17-10 scoring drive was Josh Gordon, and you looked, and Marcus Sherrills was trying to defend him or trying to cover him, and he whiffed on a tackle. Yeah, but you know when you're down to Marcus Sherrill's and Holton Hill playing, that's an injury problem. That's got an injury problems. issues. Yeah, but you know this this I I firmly believe this conversation Manny Hill comes back to offense and it comes back to the mm-hmm. fact that what's going on with the play calling and the play calling is troublesome and there's a lot of blame to go around there. And a year ago, a year ago offensively when Keenum took over, a lot of things went right for you, but the play calling was very very good. And it's simply not now, and I don't know why, and I don't know, I don't know why it can't get fixed. And fixing it for one game against a bad Packers team is not going to fix it. Yeah, so. I mean, and you look at the, you look at the statistics too. The the Patriots ran the ball thirty nine times tonight. Now later in the game, they were running the ball a lot, and you know, trying to run the clock down as you as teams. If you have a lead, that's what you're always trying to do is just run the ball and run the clock out. But still, they were balanced offensively tonight. Yeah, and the Vikings just did not run the football and. We're at a point now where Mike Zimmer has got to step in 
and 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 take more control of what's going on on offense. Or right it just now might because, be too late. Uh, yeah. Viking Vet Line is done. I'm Judd Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison producing, Ross Brendel, Declan Goff helping out behind the scenes. Thanks to all those who tuned in and all those who watched TCL Broadcast Studios. Back tomorrow at three with Mackie and Judd. Thank you for all your phone calls and your venting. Here's one down the field for Robinson. Batted and picked off by Deron.